listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Today we have a conversation with a creative, and she's joining us all the way from the West Coast, which is, I don't know, somewhere I'd kind of like to be right now. <laughs> if it's cooler than 100 degrees, I would love to be there right now. We have Jessie Bell joining us today, a fellow Lutheran lady, military chaplain's wife, homeschool mom of four, and of course the creative genius behind Concordia Collective. Jessie, thanks so much for joining us today in the Ladies Lounge. Thank you for having me. So this is super exciting. I love your work. I love following you on your social and just all the stuff that you've been able to put out and some very interesting things as well. And we'll get to all of that in a little bit. But first, uh, we want to know about you, about your family, where you're stationed, all of that stuff. So tell us about you. Tell us about Jesse. Well, I am from a family that would be properly called Uber Lutheran. <laughs> my grandfather was a pastor. My father is a pastor. My father-in-law was a pastor. And I am married to an LCMS pastor who, like Rachel, is wow. a LCMS chaplain. So I grew up on the mission field in West Africa hmm. and am now kind of an artist, creator, singer, crafter, photographer, all of the above. All sorts of creative pursuits. All I love kinds, it. Yes. I don't think no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I knew, and maybe I did from somewhere, but I, I didn't remember that you grew up on the mission field. What was mm -hmm. that like? It was more coming back. That was the shock. I think I came back in third grade and it was definitely a transition. Mm. Third culture kids. Oh, Good absolutely. fun. Yes. Right. See the world a little bit upside down, do you? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I too spent a few years on the mission field as a child and, and came back at a very formative age. And boy, yep. it just does change the way you see the world. It really does. And then went back my junior and senior year of high school. My dad was area director of Francophone West Africa at that time. So, but a very, oh. very different experience at that point. So growing up, we were out in the bush, you know, actually Aunt Steph, who you interviewed earlier. <laughs> um, yeah. She was both in... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she was both in Togo with us. And then my junior and senior year, they were in Kojiba as well. So oh, that's awesome. Well, I was I was going to ask then, you know, obviously, you've got a whole lot of creative pursuits going on at any given time. How did your life and your education and your your work experience help equip you for the kinds of creative work you're doing now? I think it took away the barriers as far as what is possible, what defines creative. I think growing up in different cultures opens up your mind to what food can look like, what music can look like, what art can look like. And mm. I think it just gave me a lot more options as far as what I could do growing up in, you know, West Africa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so where did you go from there? You, obviously, you know, you came back to the U.S. at at yep. some point in your late adolescence yes. for good this time, mostly. Came back to university. Yep. Okay. So where'd you go and, and where did you go from there? Concordia St. Paul, where I got a degree in church music. And that's also where I met my husband. Aw. <laughs> yeah. You, you talk like a singer. Just throwing that oh, out yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a, a cousin once who referred to a, a Christian university as being like a shoe shop where they fix your souls and send you out in pairs. And it sounds go. like our Concordias <laughs> are very much along those yeah. lines for many people. Uh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Church music and MRS. Yep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the MRS degree is like the best. I specifically did not want one and got one anyway. 
<laughs> Specifically went for one and got one. <laughs> so you met your husband mm-hmm. in college. Then what happened? When Did you get married right out of college then? Uh, we did. He's a year older than me. We actually got married before I had finished my degree. He graduated. We got oh. married. And then I finished up my last year. And then so he supported me through that last year. And then I supported him through SIM. So did you guys go right to seminary? We did. Yep. Which seminary did you go to? We broke tradition for my family. We went to St. Louis. So, oh, <laughs> yep. My dad, my grandfather was Springfield and both our dads were Fort Wayne. So, mm. but I had a, I got a job in St. Louis. So that's where we went. Hmm. It's okay. Yeah. We love you anyway. <laughs> oh, thank wow. You. <laughs> wow. Sorry, we, my husband went to Fort Wayne, which was a wonderful experience. But honestly, I think I would have been just as pleased had he decided to go to St. Louis. The one benefit I got from going to Fort Wayne was my grandmother lived in Fort Wayne and I got to spend an extra three Aww. wonderful years, you know, just seeing her every week that I would not have gotten had we gone to St. Louis. So I had a selfish, selfish reason for liking our seminary choice. But I understand those St. Louis people are OK, too. We really are. We're, we're tolerated. <laughs> was chaplaincy something that your husband had kind of thought about for a long time or was it something that he kind of came to later no this was something he came to later actually my uncle is an lcms was an lcms chaplain and for 26 years i believe in fact he got to serve at camp david when the first president bush was there and was able to be there and pray with the president and preach to the president. Kind of an amazing experience. But he's wow. the one who kept kind of tapping my husband on the shoulder and went, hmm. so you should think about this. And and he just wasn't interested. But having grown up on the mission field, having, you know, had all those experiences, having moved around, I kind of looked at my husband and knew parish pastor wasn't going to be what he was going to stay with. But I kind of figured LBT first, but it didn't surprise me that Hmm. he came home one day and went, okay, Jesse, how mad would you be (laughs) (laughs) if I joined the military? And I went, okay, good. Let's go. (laughs) I think it surprised him (laughs) more than it surprised me. LBT, of course, for our listeners is Lutheran Bible Translators, a a missionary organization. Um, Mm -hmm. But then the U.S. military is also a mission field. Yes. Yes, you get to wear a uniform mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and go to the mm-hmm. commissary. That was the one thing my mom kept saying. At least you get to go to the commissary because she <laughs> on the mission field. She would see all the embassy people go to the commissary, and as a missionary, she couldn't. Oh, <laughs> oh. sneak your peanut butter or cheddar cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Food in the mission field can be a rather challenging mm-hmm. endeavor sometimes. <laughs> so, where did you guys serve between? seminary and the conversation of going into chaplaincy? About three years in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Okay. That's uh, very different from Southern California. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A little bit colder. <laughs> and which, well, we'll get to remember which branch you said you're with. Which branch are you Navy. in? Navy. Okay. St. Louis grad, Navy. You know what? <laughs> we'll keep it. Aww. <laughs> so uh, this, most of this conversation we would like to be about you and about your work, but with an understanding that you are one half of a ministry couple. Can you tell us about the work that your husband is doing right now? Because it sounds pretty cool. He's currently with Wounded Warriors. So like you, Rachel, we're on our shore duty, which means he's in a non-deployable position. So 
we've had the luxury of him not deploying for the past three years, which has been fantastic. So Um, good. He, oh, it's so nice. He is serving those Marines that have been injured. There's a specific geographic location that if they're injured in that specific geographic location, they come to Camp Pendleton and are served by wounded warriors. So because we're not wartime right now, a lot of the ministry he is doing is more geared towards cancer or a mental illness or PTSD. Every once in a while, they will get wartime injuries like the suicide bomber when they were mm-hmm. evacuating. Mm-hmm. And so anyone that survived that came to Wounded Warriors. Hmm. And so his ministry right now is a lot of counseling, a lot of visiting, and just being present in these people's lives who are probably transitioning from military into civilian life. Mm-hmm. And that can be such a hard transition, especially when you've got all the physical and emotional scars yep. that you're carrying out with you. Right. Well, God and God bless him because that's, that's really important. And he loves it. And I love seeing how much he loves it. I mean, we've got a population and often averages from 18 to 23-year-olds that might never step foot in a church. And he absolutely mm-hmm. loves the opportunity to be present in their lives. And LCMS chaplains get it. They get confession absolution. They get two kingdoms. The military loves LCMS chaplains because they do. They just get it. Amen. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure your husband seen the same thing. Uh, Yes. Yes, definitely. That sounds, sounds very familiar. Now, of course, as a military spouse... You are picking up and moving every couple of years and trying mm-hmm. to hold down the fort while he's mm-hmm. deployed, which is a regular part of your life. And that can mm-hmm. have a real destabilizing effect on your own professional ambitions, especially mm-hmm. since you, like me, are dedicated to homeschooling. How have you sort of navigated this and, and found a way to have a creative professional outlet, even as you're juggling all these other things? As far as stabilizing, often it's just attitude, especially with the kids. I'm sure you've found this, that when you're excited, the kids are excited. And if you can keep them excited about whatever possibilities are happening or, hey, daddy's going to send us pictures from Spain or, you know, when he gets back, we're going to get to do this kind of stuff. Or when we're moving, for example, we're moving somewhere in December, January. We have no idea where. They've told us it'll be at least a month or two before we find out. We're kind of that is not a lot of time. It's just getting them excited about, oh, it might be overseas. It might be stateside. But, you know, you're going to get to meet new friends. So it's just kind of keeping a positive attitude. Um, And then as far as what was that? Maybe it'll be Groton. Yes, that's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) The weather's not quite so fine. (laughs) (laughs) We'd love to have you. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah. And then as far as creative, my husband's extremely supportive. He, when he's not deploying, will put the kids to bed. He is very active in the kids' life. He's very active in the home life. I am not the most amazing homemaker. I'm just, I, part of the creative leaves a mess. (laughs) So there are normally piles of some kind of painting and puzzle and books and research kind of all over the place. And he has been extremely supportive in both emotionally and then just the physical aspect of trying to keep home. So that's for right now, the fact that he's home, that's been a big part of it. Yeah. There are some days you can be either a homemaker or a homeschooler, but not both. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. 
How did Concordia Collective start? I know this is kind of your brand now and on all of your, the creative work that you sell goes under that brand, but how did that actually get started? Honestly, it was, it was an experience I had on one of my husband's deployments. We had the amazing luck of being in a cul-de-sac with most of the, we were all mostly from the same battalion, which means when our particular group, it was mostly men, when the guys left, it was pretty much the entire battalion that was left. And so we kind of formed this community in which we did everything together. We ate together. We watched each other's kids. We you know, took each other to the ER at three in the morning. Um, <laughs> we kind of had this fantastic community of women. And one smaller group of us were two Lutherans and two Catholics. And so we ended oh. up doing a lot of things together. And one specific memory stands out in which one of the gals had a Pentecost party. And she had a cake. Ooh. And I mean, she, she went full Pinterest. She had little banners. She had candles everywhere. And I remember that just kind of having a moment of this was a lot of fun. And just <laughs> and it, it being both faith and food and community and, you know, kind of connecting and letting our kids connect. And I remember that being a real moment of the church year, the lectionary. It, it can also bring joy. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. a duty. It's, you know, something we need to be disciplined and show up and read scripture, but it kind of opened up what devotional life can happen as a family and as a community. And there's always church, there's the divine service, and that's kind of the pinnacle. That's kind of the anchor. But within the home, we have a little more flexibility to be, have a little more fun, be a little more messy, ask difficult questions. And That's kind of when my journey went, okay, the Catholics have this. I know the Lutherans do, but what does that look like within my family, within my family culture? Hmm. And just kind of started researching and finding resources. About 2017, I started my Instagram account and just started putting it up there, what we were doing, some books we were reading, some crafts we were doing, and it just kind of of snowballed from there. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the, what are, I don't know, I've (laughs) I love what you do and I want to like ask you all these questions about it, but what are some of the things that kind of started it all off for you? Some of the things that also that your, that your kids love too, because this isn't, I mean, it's not just you doing this. This is a a whole family thing for you. Just certain memories that would just continue the momentum. Like St. Lucia is an example. I remember the first time we did that. It's St. Lucia is more of a Swedish tradition and the girl puts on a ring of Ivy and then candles on her head. And then she brings, we did cinnamon rolls, but I think they're saffron, but Mm -hmm. we never actually did the actual recipe. But I remember (laughs) her, it was, it was so much fun. She woke the boys up. We ended up putting the candles on the table and we all sat around and we had um, cinnamon rolls and we had the very difficult discussion of what martyrdom is, Mm. but we did it with candles and we did it with treats and hot chocolate and we were able to have this kind of messy, difficult discussion about what it means to to live out your faith and die for your faith, like you know Saint Lucia did, but have it in a very safe, fun kind of environment. And just each memory that would happen each time we do something that started a good conversation, it just it kind of kept that ball ro- rolling. So, what's your elevator pitch or your elevator explanation of? Concordia Collective? Like, what what is it for somebody who has no connection to it at all? What's it for? How would you explain it? Finding joy in the church here. It's, as a, as a, I guess, as kind of a company, it's fun Lutheran 
merch, I guess. It's t-shirts I make <laughs> that I want to wear anyway. It's mugs I want to have anyway. And if other people want to buy them, then it's, you know, it's just fun and extra. The devotional itself, it's basically just an open and go devotional that throughout the week, you'll read all three of the lessons from the lectionary. There'll be some kind of topic or activity. And then in between those dates, often when they fit are the commemorations and the festivals and some suggested hymns, some suggested activities, just things that you can do. And for me, with four kids in the midst of homeschool, in the midst of the day, I have no brain power. I have no decision-making power. I have no research power. Like when I've been asked 5,000 different questions, by the time we get to Bible, I, I don't have the time or the energy to do research. So for me, it was a stupid, easy, open and go. I open to the, the date. The only thing I have to know is the date. I open it and I can read, oh, it's a, you know, it's a commemoration today. Oh, we're going to read the gospel for this coming Sunday instead of having to go open up a book and figure, okay, is there a saint today? What is the reading? Is it the fifth Sunday after Trinity? Is it the 13th Sunday after Trinity? And not having to, to keep track of that. And I needed something that I could just open it and go. And that's kind of what it is. So Concordia Collective, then it's an online shop where you can buy fun right. Lutheran merch. Right. And probably the showcase item here is your family lectionary, which right. is a which is part calendar, part lectionary, part Bible study, just allows your family to make the lectionary kind of a lifestyle. Right. All right. Right. And the biggest thing is you don't have to get that. Right now it's the one-year lectionary because that's what my church does. Next year, I hope to have both the one-year and the three-year lectionary. But I hope the message is you don't have to have that. That you can read scripture, sing you can find what works for your family and just show up. Whatever brings your family joy. I think that's the thing I learned throughout this process is you kind of have to go with your family's grain. If you are a crafting family, you integrate crafts. If you're a singing family, you integrate hymns. You find what already brings your family joy. You find what already like works with your family culture and you start working in scripture. You start working in hymns. You start working in the church year, the lectionary, in baby steps, and, and just finding the joy in that. I think what I really appreciate about this is that mindset mm -hmm. of finding your rhythm of mm -hmm. family life through the rhythm of the church year. Right. I love your story about becoming friends with those two Catholic ladies and, and just like seeing how they go through their church year. Mm -hmm. And my brother and sister-in-law are Orthodox. And I, I noticed that same thing. Right. Um, that I think sometimes in the Lutheran church, we kind of just we kind of just miss it. Mm -hmm. And not for any particular reason, maybe, oh. but it's just it's a different focus in these different denominations. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I that I love of what they do in the Orthodox tradition of really focusing on the church here and paying attention to the saint days and incorporating those things into their homeschool, into their daily life. And I, I love that, that that's what you've done with your lectionary book, which is beautiful, by the way. I love it. Thank you. But I appreciate that it's just a mindset switch mm -hmm. of understanding that the church year doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. It's something that happens throughout the entire year. And that rhythm can be very beautiful mm -hmm. for families mm -hmm. to, to just be able to follow that all the time and to incorporate that church life rhythm into our daily lives, too. And well, I, I mean, it, it acknowledges the fact that you're going to have a calendar shaping your family mm -hmm. life. Yeah. 
Yes. Now the question is then, are, is it going to be, you know, Valentine's Day, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, back to school season, et cetera, you know, sort of the commercial shopping calendar, or is it going to be the historic churches calendar? How are you going to choose your special days? Yeah. And I find you can go deeper because each conversation layers on itself. You know, one year you might just do a coloring sheet of Simon Peter's disciple shield and maybe eat fish sticks, you know, to celebrate that he was a fisherman. Nice! (laughs) (laughs) But the next year, they're going to remember those fish sticks. And you start creating hooks and memories and silly traditions that start layering on themselves. And the, the conversation gets deeper as, well, as your kids, well, and as you mature and going back to those Bible verses each year or every three years and going back to those, you know, church fathers and learning a little bit more about Walther, a little bit more about Leah and just getting deeper into that conversation because it keeps coming back around. And that also takes the pressure off because if you miss it this year, guess what? You can, you can do it next year. And it's, it's, there's not a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about your other merch? Because <laughs> I feel like you speak my language with your line of hip nerd stuff. Well, that's more Sarah, but I'm a hip nerd too. Yeah. Hashtag hip nerd stuff. And of course, your Lutheran homeschool mom line. Yeah. How do you how do you get these ideas and translate them into such interesting designs? Honestly, it's just that's the t-shirt I want, so I make it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, honestly, it's, around Easter, I wanted a butterfly t-shirt. Couldn't find one that I liked, so I made it. <laughs> and <laughs> put it up, and if people want it, they can have it. Yeah, it's just basically stuff I want. <laughs> it's so very convenient to like be able to just do that. I think if I were able to do that, I would have like a bazillion t-shirts and it would not be healthy. (laughs) (laughs) They're kind of taking over my wardrobe. I'll be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that. What are you working on right now? Right now, most of the focus is on next year's lectionary. Oh, yeah, that's a big project. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Especially because we're not just doing one. We're putting out two, both the one year and the three year. So the one year we're able to use a lot of stuff from last year. And for the three year, we can use a lot of the same commemoration information. But yeah, it's it's going to be a lot to get all of it together. But it's it's coming along. Excellent. Do your kids help you with that? Or is it mostly a project you do after they all are in bed? They inadvertently help me with it. Certain things. <laughs> Honestly, it was pretty funny. The uh, couple weeks ago, right before Trinity Sunday, my son, who is a very intellectual kid, he gets it. He follows like he's just a sponge when you don't even realize he's being a sponge. And he turned to my other kids. He's like, enjoy the colors because we're going to have green for a really, really long time. <laughs> and I didn't even realize he was tracking that that's where we were going, that we we're going into mm-hmm. ordinary time and that you weren't going to see many colors for a long time. But that's definitely going to be something I put in the next time is, you know, right before we switch to ordinary time is right in the be aware, watch for the colors to change. So that kind of stuff. So they help me in that way, but they're not sitting there helping me write it right now. Eventually, I'd love for them to be able to do that or come up with crafts or activities, but right now, not so much. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do you, how do you even research all of this? That's a massive project to research all of that different stuff that goes into that book. (laughs) 
Uh, I like to read a lot. A lot of it is Catholic and Orthodox information. I am looking forward to some of the stuff that CPH is coming out with, with all the companions, but a lot of it's just reading. What is your, I guess, your creative process? Like you, you mentioned that you are exhausted by the end of the day with being a homeschool mom. Mm-hmm. When, when do you do this? How do you mm-hmm. work this into your already very full life? Do you set time aside every day? Do mm-hmm. you do it in chunks? What is your practical approach to getting it done? Well, when we were first setting up, my husband actually took two weeks off of work and I got a hotel room and I just wrote for two weeks straight. And that was kind of, that was kind of the foundation of all it, of it. Right now, I go to bed pretty much when my husband gets home <laughs> and I wake up really early and I'm, I write in the morning because I still have that energy to be able to do it in the morning. Wow. Your husband's an amazing human being. I mean, you are too. He really but is. <laughs> that is... That's when you say supportive, you mean supportive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So the hymns, you have a hymn for every day, is it? Yeah. That's not going to happen <laughs> next year. That's a lot of choosing. Yeah. Tell me how you did that because that is a lot of hymns to choose. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to do a hymn of the week next year because that was oh. that took me a lot of time. A lot of it was finding the Bible verses that matched up, finding themes that matched up to hymns. And it was a good experience. And I found a lot of hymns that I didn't know existed that have phenomenal themes in them. But that's we're going to do it slightly differently next year. <laughs> that's like taking hashtag hymn nerd to a, a whole new level because that, that is that is a quite a concerted effort to have that much hymnody in a book like that. Yeah, it was too much, for sure. (laughs) I do have to say also, though, that you have that hymn nerd shirt that uh, I think has been mentioned a few times. Mm -hmm. I wore it on the first day of Youth Gathering a few weeks ago. fun! cannot tell you how many people randomly were like, I love your shirt! (laughs) And I was like, you can buy it from Concordia Collective! (laughs) (laughs) Walking advertisement. (laughs) It's just, it's so much fun. I love it. What I would say for people wanting to do devotions is, I think one of the most important things is to just show up. That's kind Mm -hmm. of been, you talk about how I did it, how our our family did it, is that was kind of our motto for the last two years is just show up. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to be an anxious person that second guesses everything. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) about halfway through writing this, I got really nervous and went, nobody's going to want this. This isn't, you know, material that is going to do any good. Honestly, we were looking at costs even because paper and ink is expensive Mm -hmm. and it's getting more expensive. And we were looking at, okay, if we sell 40, we will break even. Like we will not go with it. And we sold over 200. And and it was just, as far as devotions go, you just show up. You show Mm -hmm. up scared. You show up tired. It's that hand of hand of discipline and going that God is God is going to provide. It doesn't have to be the perfect devotion. It doesn't have to be the perfect setting. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be this enlightened person who can create the perfect environment for your kids, but just showing up and then tying that hand in hand to the joy of showing up, but then also going, where can we find the fun in this? Where can we engage our five senses? Where can we create safe spaces to have really, really difficult conversations? And that can be personally with your spouse or with your kids. 
Well, you've talked about setting up for devotions and advice to other families on that. What advice do you have for other women who might be interested in starting some sort of creative business outlet like yours? What wisdom can you share with other, I don't know, creative entrepreneurial types out there? Do it. Just do it. Get up (laughs) and do it. Do it scared. Do it. Because this is an amazing time, I think, both within our world within our church. We have the internet that has created amazing opportunities. We can connect on amazing levels that we've never been able to connect before. When I was a missionary kid, we called grandparents maybe once every three months because it costs so much. We saw our grandparents maybe once every three years. Now people are FaceTiming, they're calling, they know who the the music people are, they know who the sports, you know, I came back to the U.S. having absolutely no clue who Michael Jordan was, who Madonna was. I like, I mean, it just, I got made fun of so much because I didn't have a clue who these people were. But the internet has created a connectivity that is unparalleled. And I would say, if you can't do something, there's someone out there that can, and you find them, you connect with them, and you just, you start because... I've found, especially Rachel, maybe you've experienced this too, but need creates community. Mm -hmm. The fact that we have so much convenience in the U.S., I think tears away from what we have as community. Whereas when you are in need, when you are lonely, when you are in a situation in which you can't meet your own needs, you have to connect with others. And I think between COVID, between the current state of our nation, between the current state of our world, there's a lot of need. There's a lot of loneliness. And that's going to spark community. We're going to start connecting because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Either we're going to start connecting or everything's going to fall apart because (laughs) we just can't go on like this. (laughs) Um, It brings a memory. In the middle of COVID, I was doing these Instagram posts. I was doing some stories and such and kind of said, okay, you know, the visitation to the temple is coming up. A fun thing to do would be sing the Song of Simeon, maybe light some candles. I kind of said it offhandedly. And then several days later, all these videos of families gathering around the table, lighting candles and seeing the Nuke Dimitri started popping up. And there was just this feeling of, I feel so alone sometimes, but there's this overarching community of church and family that sometimes we just don't realize And I think for creatives, now is the time to just engage and just not be afraid of what the results are going to be because God's in control. If it's going to work, it's going to work. If it isn't, it isn't. And just, I think you'd be amazed at what other people are as interested in whatever you have to offer. I I think you'd be blown away, whether it's writing a book, whether it's drawing. I think there's people out there craving that community. And I would just say, go for it. I think there's a lot of LCMS creatives, and I love how you guys are bringing them to the table, but there's just so many out there right now. And it's just, it's an exciting time, I think, for our church. I really do. Mm -hmm. It is. Gone are the days when you are limited to the merchandise you can find at your local Walmart or Target. Yep. Like, you don't have to just buy what they put on the shelves. You can go out and find the stuff. For me, I was talking about this with my kids recently. I'm not a huge fan of you know, internet, social media in general as a way of life. But I told them one thing I'm really happy about is the fact that the internet has made it possible for us to buy modest swimwear 
Yes. Mm. Told them stories about how when I was a teenager trying to find something off the rack, not possible because the retailers <laughs> thought that this is the fashion coming out of New York and Paris. So this is what everybody wants, which is extremely, you know, uncomfortably revealing. And then the internet came along and people said, oh, I have choice. Mm -hmm. I can buy swimwear that covers me up a little bit more and makes me feel classier at mm -hmm. the beach. So I'm going to do that. And I think that the internet also allows us to find and support people out there who are making t-shirts that they want to wear and also t-shirts we want to wear, mm -hmm. that we have that choice. We don't have to just take what's given us now. Mm -hmm. We can go out and find the stuff we really like that really speaks to us. And you're mm -hmm. right, this does create opportunities for creators to meet those needs that might not be big enough to justify Walmart shelf space, but are mm -hmm. significant all the same. You're oh, yeah. filling a need. Yeah, exactly. What kind of community have you found just for yourself? I mean, talking about that Dick DeVitis video, what kind of community have you gotten in your own little world, in your own circles uh, now that you've been doing all of this creative work? There's the social media aspect of it, but there's also, we're blessed to be in two amazing communities, being the church community and the military community, and have just been very blessed to be in places where people take care of each other and even if they don't like the same things you like, are there for each other. So that aspect's been fantastic. Online, it just the social media aspect has been, I try not to be on it too much, but when I am, I've been pleasantly surprised, honestly. We've got a joke right now on my Instagram is right now they're putting ketchup with camel in our commissaries, like a ketchup oh, bottle dressed in camel. And it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. And, <laughs> and it's a buff ketchup bottle it's oh it's bizarre but the joke is now the people in my military community on instagram are starting to take pictures of them and see how many we can get up anyway it's 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 just you know some of it's not even liturgical or church gear or scripture related but it's it it's just it's fun to connect on that level whether it be on encouraging each other with our families or just just to laugh camo ketchup yeah check your comments right now you it's up there. <laughs> so, so how can people find the Concordia Collective? How can they find you on social media? What are the ways they can connect with you? The Instagram account is at Concordia Collective. It's the same on Facebook. And the website is ConcordiaCollective.shop. Easy peasy. And of course, we'll link to all that in the show notes mm -hmm. for this episode. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really fun to be able to chat with you a little bit. It's been great being here. I just want to say thank you for all that all of you do. I don't know if people talk to you about what you do and how amazing it is and what an impact it is on their life, but they do to me as pastor's wife, as a chaplain wife. When I was on vacation, even my family, certain members would go, have you heard of this podcast? It's so, it's great. Um, and you guys have such an amazing impact of being real, being amazing and talking about what Lutherans are in both a serious situation and in just the fun of being a Lutheran and the, some of the silly things that we do. And I just I want to say thank you because I'm, I'm actually a huge fan of the podcast. And there are so <laughs> many people that have said the same to me, whether they've said it to you or not. But thank you for all of what you guys do. <laughs> Oh, wow. stop. But actually, don't stop. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep going. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> 
agree. I have so many people that have told me that your episodes and some of your theater stuff have just on bad days have just made them laugh. And that's what they needed. It was just, Just they needed joy. (laughs) Just wait. There's more. Best is Is yet to There's more. You can join our Lutheran Ladies Lounge community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge and share all of your stories there with us. If you have some of your own Concordia Collective gear or if you use your uh, one-year lectionary, I know it's been posted a few times in the past, but if you use it and you want to share some of your stories with it, feel free to do that there. You can also do that on our Instagram at Lutheran the Ladies Lounge. You can join our monthly e-newsletter. You can find out how to do that in the show notes for this episode, or you can send an email to lutheranladies at kfuo.org, and we'll get you signed up for that if you want to get Lutheran Ladies in your inbox, or if you're not on social and you'd still like to keep up with what's going on. We do put some sneak peeks in there that you don't get anywhere else, so exclusive. It might be worth it to be on that e-newsletter. You can find all of our episodes at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcasting app or on the KFUO radio app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge.